0: Hey, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Nick Podcast. Um, salute to nothing but Nick. Salute to Sim. Uh, I appreciate y'all, y'all whole family over there at MBK. Uh, I got Miss Queen of the Court herself in the building. Uh, Miss BK Steph. Uh, I call her Miss Steph. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. That's a habit at work. I call um, all older folk um, Miss, ma'am. Mr. Sir. I just try to always keep it respect, uh, respectful. Um, let's get right into it, man. State of the New York Knicks, man. Episode 147. hundred one forty seven. Uh I don't know why I always say 100-147. I don't know. I guess it's a habit. Um, I guess it's a New York thing or a Harlem thing. But whatever. Uh, tune in, man. I love this episode. This was actually... The longest running State of the New York Knicks episode. So I'm proud of that one. <laughs> but everybody tune in, man. Love her takes. And y'all gonna love it too, man. Hey, what's up? What's up, Eric? state Of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. Episode 107. And I got a special guest in the building. I finally have a woman on the pod. And I've been wanting this for about two years now um i've been looking for females who who do podcasts and it's not a lot of female nick fans who actually has a voice and i got one finally and it's steph e um new york nick fan giants fan and liberty fan and host of the queen's court on nothing but nick shout outs to sam miss steph
1: how are you doing today I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for um inviting me. I- I've had an opportunity to listen to you a few times on the Die Hard Nick's, um, um podcast. And 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 I love your I love your takes. I like how straightforward you are. So I'm looking forward to this conversation.
0: Um. Thank you. Every, everybody calls me emotional. And it's cool. <laughs> it, it's cool. I, I, I get a guy like um, Eru on the pod because he's, you know, he he's a guy who he's always level headed. I'm very emotional. So I always need to record with people like that. So shout outs to y'all for that platform. And I gotta ask you, you know, we gotta get right into this. How did you become a Knicks fan? Because the people gotta know and the ball is in your court.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's not a long story. I was just mm-hmm. flipping the channels, <laughs> and I saw <laughs> a basketball game on, and I think it was the Seventy Sixes. It wasn't even the Knicks, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, "Wow, I, I really, I really liked it." And so I started watching. I was a Dr. J fan at the time. That was the first game, and I became a Magic Johnson um, fan. This was in the early um, '80s. I started watching the Knicks around 83, I would say, but it wasn't until they drafted Patrick Ewing, because I was a Georgetown fan, that solidified oh my. my fandom with the Knicks. When they drafted my favorite player in college basketball, Patrick Ewing, that was it. That's when I really got into the Knicks.
0: It's crazy. I, I, I want to stay on that topic real quick. You just said Patrick Ewing. You had a chance to watch that man his whole career. And I'm 31 right now. I don't need you to reveal your age or anything like that. Oh, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm 54. Oh, God bless you. I, I, I hope I could become that age one day, um, hopefully. And you've seen Patrick doing his whole prime. We just drafted R.J. Barrett. So I hold R.J. Barrett near and dear to my heart. so did you follow him in college college? yes i follow okay then i understand yes yes in college high school i loved rj barrett do you think that's fair for me to like actually hold rj barrett to that high of a standard like how people talk about patrick ewan and things of that nature
1: no, I don't I no no, I don't. I I don't. I mean, I have a high regard from, for RJ as well and I only saw him play a few times in college. Most of my exposure to him was with the Knicks. So no, I I don't think so. I think you know, Patrick was the number one, the consensus number one pick in the draft coming out. Um I don't think RJ was. However, when he was in high school, I believe he was at one point I would think I don't know if he was number one, but was he the number one prospect coming into, into college the year he came in? Um, he
0: reclassified, and he mm-hmm. was number one in, in, in the, um, the top 100 in the grouping that he reclassified from, but when right. he, came, he, he came into Zion's uh, class, Zion was still number one, I believe, and okay. I believe RJ was number two. Okay, but he was still, you know, he was
1: still up there. No, yep. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think the question is, do you think he has the upside that a Patrick Ewing has had? Like, Patrick Ewan came in with a lot of upside. Like, people was expecting a lot from him and just mm-hmm. is the consensus number one pick. People knew he was going to be good. Um do you have that same feeling about RJ that you just know he's going to be good? <laughs> um I don't want you to think
0: I'm crazy when I say this. Yeah, RJ I, I just see a Hall of Famer. <laughs> and it's it's just something about him. Um when I first laid eyes on RJ mm-hmm. when he was in a Nick uniform his mm-hmm. very first game the one thing that stood out to me, it wasn't his shooting. It wasn't the, um, it, it wasn't the dribbling, nothing. It was his defense. And mm-hmm. I'm a guy, I want my best player to give a damn about defense. So that right. was one of the main things. And then even from college, he never looked flustered. i right. never seen him put his face down. He always looked like he got the poker game face. And he looks like a guy who wants to be better. And right. you can hear it. You can hear it in his interviews. You can hear the confidence that he talks when he talks. And I didn't hear that from Frank, or I didn't hear that from Mitch when he first got here, or Kevin Knox, and you know some of those other guys. But I heard it from RJ. So just following him, I just got that feel of
1: we got we got a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, when I think about his ceiling, his ceiling to me is Paul Pierce. That's the, that's, that's mm-hmm. who I see RJ and, mm-hmm. and that's in my opinion is a Hall of Famer. He wasn't the quickest guy. Um, nope. He wasn't the fastest guy, but he knew how to get to his spots. Um, he, he was a deadly shooter and he was a clutch shooter. He hit big shots cause he hit a lot of them over the Knicks. So I know for a fact. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but his floor, his floor, if he, I mean, that's He has the potential to reach that, but he can also be a Jeff Green out of Brooklyn, you know, a a multifaceted player um, that is all around very good, but just never really reached his ceiling. That's his floor to me. But if I had to put money on it, I put money on his ceiling. (laughs) I would put Uh money on his ceiling.
0: All right, that's good. That's good. We we're gonna talk a little bit about RJ later <laughs> on. I, I I don't wanna deep down I like him too. Yet. I that's like him too. <laughs> I, I love RJ, man. I people kill me all the time about RJ and I say RJ's untradeable, but I, I, I gotta put him in that category just for now. <laughs> you know?
1: Um, I think he's close to. I mean, I think if you're gonna trade RJ, it has to be,
0: oh. has
2: to
1: oh. be, oh. be something big, <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: I, I can't think I I, I don't know. We're gonna talk more about it, but okay. I, you know we, we got it to you. I, obviously Patrick Ewing is your favorite Nick of all time, so he I don't even need you to to expand on that. Yeah. But what I want you to expand on, you know, is what made you become a part of the MBK fan. You know, I sim already, you know, I I always recall um Eru, um die hard next but what made you become a part of the MBK fam and, and and what motivates you to do your work and and with the articles? And also finally, what advice do you have for other women who wants to start doing podcasts, who wants to start doing live streams? And, and, you know, you know, as a woman, men typically, and you know, men is typically sexist a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. men say, Oh, she's a woman. She don't know anything. Um, She's a woman. She don't know sports, so
1: I want—I I would like for you to um expand on that part too. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say "do my work," you mean the podcast, the Queens Court?
0: Yes. Okay. Queens Court and, okay. and and doing live streams and stuff. Yes.
1: Right. Um, uh, what? I mean, the same way I got into basketball was kind of the same way. I got it onto the MBK um, um panel. I was I was looking for a Nick podcast, right? Because I was I was on the apps. I have a, a a few giant podcasts, but I couldn't never find a good Nick podcast because every time I found one, it was hyping up Milikina. And not that I didn't think he was good, I was like, all right, these guys are over the top. I can't I can't listen to them. And I don't care which one I went to. That's what they was talking about. <laughs> so anyway, I was on YouTube looking for something else. And I mm-hmm. saw these, these fellas, you know, talking Knicks. It said nothing but Knicks. And I clicked on it and it just resonated with me. You know, it was informative. They knew what they was talking. It was To me, it was better than ESPN. It was better than anything I had ever heard as far as talking about the Knicks and breaking them, you know, breaking it down, what was going on. And, and also, mm-hmm. some of it was... Com- you know, it was comedy, you know, just how they play off each other, you know, the dynamic was great, and I just watched them for, like, I would say, like, a month. I was in the chat, um, and then I just sent um, Sim a DM, you know, one day. It took me a while to get up the nerve to do it, but I did it, and he said, sure, come on. We'd love to have you, and the rest is history. I've been on, you know, ever since. Um, As far as as... What motivated me to do the Queen's Court, I think Sim asked me to host the show on his channel. He said he was looking for a women hosts. He know that there were women who listened to nothing but nicks, uh, but you know, they, wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't call in. Some would be in the chat, some wouldn't, and maybe if there was a, a, a women's show that they would be feel more comfortable participating uh, more. And because I was on the show, I liked the flow of the show. Um, Sim was very is very level headed. I don't know him personally, but that's how he comes, you know, across to me. Um, yep. He felt like somebody that I wanted to work with, right? Um, yep. So, and because my experience was so good on the show, I was like, yeah, um, I I I would like to do that. And and you know, that's how that came about. What I would say to to any female who wants to live stream or do a show or even come on a panel is just be yourself like this is there's nothing deep about what people are saying people are just voicing their opinion because I've spoken to a few people who would say they feel intimidated they don't know about all the stats everybody brings something different there are some people who are really into stats and they will bring that into their take but you don't have to. You just, you just speak your mind, you know, whatever you know whatever that is. And as far as working with men, um, I've been fortunate that um, at, at least I, I feel, you know, that my opinion is respected um, on MBK. Sometimes I go on, you know, Nick's Real Talk with Devon and Man, Man, Man show, and I feel like my opinion is respected. But what I will say is that you have to command your space. You got to command your space. You know, when mm-hmm. it's your time to talk, you got to get in there and you got to say what you need to say. Don't defer to, you know, to others. You know, even if there's a difference of opinion, it's okay to say, I disagree. This is how I see it. You got to command your space. You got to believe that you have a right to be there and that what you have to say is just as important as what everyone else um, has to say. So it's, it's pretty much like your attitude and your mindset of how you're gonna show up, you know, to, to do your own show or even to be on someone else's show.
0: I, I love everything what you just said, because it's, it's, it's tough sometimes when you give a take and then everybody disagrees with you. And when you try to explain
1: it, they don't even wanna hear your explanation. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. I, listen, there, there's there been many a days I left the show feeling like, I don't think that take went over that, that well. <laughs> and, and and one of the things I do think, and I don't really know how to address it. I do think that maybe because I'm, um, I'm a female, maybe because I'm older, I, I don't think they get at me as much. I think they just let my take, even if they disagree, they just let it, they just let it ride. Uh, but I'm open to people disagreeing and challenging me. I I I'm okay with it. Listen, I I,
0: I always get challenged. I have I done said some controversial things on my pod on Twitter that people hated. I said about four months ago, Julius Randle is a championship fourth option. And mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful to him. Mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I understand the work that he's put in for this season. Mm-hmm. But when I watched him in the playoffs and I watched him during the season, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at a guy like he's not really in the right role. But people was, you know, you're sipping the fourth, the the, the fourth seed Kool-Aid, you know, we're winning. People don't want to hear that at the moment. And I understand it. So
1: I, I definitely But I don't think you're the only one Mm -hmm. who feel that, though. I've I've heard that a lot. I'm sure we're going to get into Randall, too. But I've heard Mm -hmm. that a lot. I don't think you're alone in that.
0: But not a lot of people would say it out loud. Because it's not the the sexy thing to say. It's not the the great thing to say. You know? You know, it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, I love everything. But let's get right into it, man. Let's, you know... What, what was your thoughts on this season, man? One of the best seasons I've watched for the Nick, my, my Nick fandom career. Um, I,
1: what was your thoughts on this season? Listen, you know I had a ball because this team reminded me of the 90s Knicks. And now those are my favorite. Uh, those, those, that was my team with Patrick and them and the way they play defense. So this was like a throwback season, uh, to me. I was having flashbacks. So, and and as difficult as it was for them to score, it reminded me of the '90s Knicks too. Until they kind of got it together later on, um, in the season. I'm like, oh, we can't score basket. We, <laughs> we have like a um, if, if we down by eight, because you know and this was early in the season, we down by eight. This is back in the 90s, but I felt the same with this with this team. We was down by eight with, like, a quarter to go. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if we're going to be able to make this up. <laughs> it was just eight points. Like, that's how that's how much that those teams were so defensive-oriented, and the offense just – it was just hard to come by, and that's how this Knicks team was in the beginning. Um, I was not expecting this from this team's Knicks, even with Tibbs. Even with the new coach, and and I knew what Tibbs was going to bring, I still didn't think the Knicks would win more than 25 games. So this was a, a pleasant surprise for me. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into it now. We'll get into it later, you know, about what that fourth seed means. No, um, let's, get in, let's get right into it. Yeah. I, I got something I want to say, but I okay. want to hear your take on that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't. The Knicks got the fourth seed, but I don't think the Knicks were the fourth best seed um, team in the conference. And Believe. I think I think it's, it's more about tiers. You know, obviously they were in that top tier with the top three teams. I think they're in that same tier um, with the rest of the teams, though. You can argue that Atlanta, how they're per, uh, playing now, maybe be even a little ahead. But I think all of those teams, Atlanta, New York, Washington, um, Miami. To me, the Hornets are all in that same tier in the sense that a move here or there can shoot one team to the front of the line and a lack of a move or poor move can move a team back. So in my opinion, they're all in that tier, so to speak, and it's just about who's going to separate themselves. Depending on what the Knicks do this offseason, the Knicks can fall to the eighth spot. You know what I mean? Or depending on... Right, and depending on how the other teams upgrade, they can, um, they can um, fall to the eighth spot. So the Knicks have a lot of work to do um, in this offseason, but there's so many questions that they're going to have to answer, and the answers to those questions are going to um, have a lot to do with the decisions that they make. And we can get into, into that, you know, a little later, but... You know, you got to know what you're trying to do. You got to know what you have first mm-hmm. before you can then say, this is what I'm going to do.
0: Now, <laughs> this fourth seed that we're talking about, right? I, 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 and I'm going to just speak for some of the people who, who don't want to really say this, but it's on their mind. So we made the fourth seed. Hmm. There's no superstar free agents and free agency. For the next two to three years. We know Kawhi Leonard is resigning back at L.A. We don't have a lottery pick. And me and you both know this roster needs upgrades. So we have the 19th pick and the 21st pick. The 19th pick and the 21st pick haven't had an MVP drafted at those slots in the past 20 years. So I I, I know we're not getting some type of great player with those picks. But what's scary and, you know, about this, uh, about us getting the fourth seed, we have sped up our timeline. And what I mean by that is we're the fourth seed, so now you got to build on that. If we lose less games next season, and it, it, it's going to look bad. So I don't know if we're going to be stuck in no man's land, I don't know if we're going to be stuck with a starting five with Dennis Schroeder, RJ Barrett, Kelly Oubre, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel. And that sounds disgusting. Mm -hmm. As I said, that starting five. And we have space. We just, we just had 60% of our rotation be one year vet mercs. And so a lot of those guys is going to walk. So it's a lot of questions.
1: Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you're, you're saying exactly what I'm saying. Usually, you're the fourth seed, mm-hmm. try to build off of that. But usually, you're not having that much turnover, right? Maybe a player here or there that you have one or two players that you have to make a decision on. Knicks had to make a decision on six players. So, how can you build on a season when six of the 10 players, or 60%, as you were saying? are not under contract so basically do you bring them back so you can build off of it and add players to them do you not bring them back if you don't bring them back now basically next year you it's a whole new season you back to where you were at the beginning of last season to some extent in the sense of not knowing what you have this is a different team you only have four players from that rotation right Right? Are we going to be the same defensive team? Are we? We don't know. So there's going to be a lot of unknowns um, if the Knicks don't bring back um, bring back those players. And I don't think they should bring back all of them. Right? It's, so it's going to be a different team. Agree. Yeah. And this is the other question. This is the other question that I have. Well, I already know your answer, but I'm still mulling it over. But I, I think I know your answer. Mm-hmm. Is Julius Randle, an All Star or NBA type player, and by player meaning this is who you are year in and year out, like Kawhi, Paul George, Dokic, <laughs> whatever they are, you know. Or did he just have an All Star or NBA type season, right? And as and there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he's that player, then that answers a question for you. You could say, I got one. I need at least another one cuz all, all of these playoff teams have at least two All-Star or NBA type players. So right. if 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 you're saying he's that, then you got one, you got you still got to get another one. But then if you're saying he's not that, what do you know, what are you doing? Do you trade him because while his um, you know, while his stock is high, his value mm-hmm. is high, you know, um what do you do? And that's the that's the question the Knicks have to ask themselves. Is Randall that guy? And because the answer <laughs> to that has a lot to do with how they move and the decisions that they make. You
0: want you want to know something crazy? I'm gonna bring it back even further. Um, this is one of the reasons why I didn't want us to draft OB Topping. Or or we mm-hmm. trade Randall. Um if I just watched Randall average 18 points per game shoot 30% in the playoffs in front of fans. I just watched him have a great most improved player season second team all NBA, but 60, but 60 of those games wasn't a lot of fans. And then when he finally got fans in the stands, he looked spooked. So I don't, I, I don't want to say this is just Rand. This is who he is. Um, And, but I don't want to, put that box on Julius Randle like I don't want to just say oh well he ain't that tight he ain't that guy like we we should just trade him like I, I don't want to just totally disrespect the man but these is questions that we gotta ask no doubt about
1: it there's no doubt about it and listen I'm a big Julius Randle fan but that playoff um um performance okay. made me pause it made me pause because this is this is this is me I put more stock in the playoffs than I do in the regular season. Me too. The, the good ones have another level. You know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. that being said, he's not the first player to struggle in their first playoff appearance. He's not the first. Some of the ones that's balling out now in their first playoff um experience did not play well. You know what I mean? So that part is fine. listen, Part of his performance or poor performance, subpar, was because of what Atlanta was doing, you know, really, you know, um, loading up on him. Some Mm -hmm. of it was what Tibbs and the coaching staff didn't do as as far as trying to move him around and make some adjustments um, to make it easy for him. But some of it was just Randall. I saw him look like, adhering headlights i saw him look <laughs> on some possessions like he was having a hard time processing what was going on and what he should be doing in this moment you know like it was just too much for him i'm not sure i mean you bring up a good point i'm not sure how much of it was the fans or not the fans but th- that's a good point because it, the fans at least compounded the moment you know what i mean i don't yeah. think it was only the fans but it definitely it could have compounded the moment because there was times when he looked um, lost. And, and I think it's also given the Knicks organization pause as well. Do you want to pay this guy, if he declines that option this summer, do you want to pay him $200 million the following summer? I don't, not based on what I saw in the playoffs. Now, I'm a Randall fan. There's nothing he can do next season. He could be the MVP of the season. He's not going to ever change my opinion from I don't know to, yeah, that's the guy until the next playoffs. You can't erase what he did in the regular season. You got (laughs) to wait till the next playoff to show that you can handle that moment. I
0: love what you just said because I'm one of those guys too. I'm a resume guy though. I like resumes. So when 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 I see Randall do that in the playoffs, it's cause the pause. People saying, Without, "Oh, Randall, this
1: summer, this, that, a third." No, let's. Not so you wouldn't even that. sign him this summer. You wouldn't even give him the extension this summer.
0: It's it's one way I would give him the extension. This summer. I don't think he's going to accept that. Extension, yeah, I don't think honestly. so either. I'm th- I think he's going to decline it, and this um I, three reasons. The first reason: this man just had a child. He has a wife. <laughs> he pays New York taxes. Right, you think right. that man is gonna walk away from a hundred plus million more? Right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. So two. I just blood, sweat, and tears. I played two hundred more minutes than everybody else in the NBA. I just got the next out of the ground. Right. So y'all, y'all gonna shortchange me? By giving by offering me 26 million this offseason, I don't know if Randall gonna I, I I just don't know. And three, now I would love to pay Randall this summer the max if we sign a guy like Lonzo Ball to a four year deal, or a guy like, or we trade him for a guy like Colin Sexton and sign him to a four year deal. Because I would like for Randall to grow with a point guard in R.J. Barrett that's on similar timelines. Right. Um, so we wouldn't have to worry about getting a guy in the building for Randall while he's on a, a max deal. You know, I, I, I don't believe in paying the third option before you find your first option. So if we found our first option, I would have no problems playing Randall this summer. But it's still too murky. And then after what I seen in the playoffs, his playoff series was one of the worst I've ever seen from an all-star. Yeah. With, with, with all due respect. And, no doubt. Let, and let's get right into let's get right into this guy. Because we're we gonna talk more about um RJ and Randall later. <laughs> this guy, Tibbs, um, Miss Steph, I love Tibbs. But that man was so bad in the playoffs and I was scared. And one of the reasons why I did not want him on the Knicks was because of his minutes, the, the way he allocates his minutes to his players, but the way he doesn't adjust. And, and I really want you to talk about this and I'm going to give you. I am watching what Ty Lu is doing in the playoffs is magical. He benched his centers, starts um um nick between at center he benched ray john rondo something tibbs would never do in a million years for right. terrence Mann. tibbs would never bench a, a bet for for a young guy like terrence Mann. i know right. that for a fact i don't care what nobody say so right. you you you're seeing these adjustments all over you see nick milton um um Nate mcmillan adjust you, you put gallo you you got um John Collins at the five. I was screaming all playoffs. Please play Randall and Obi Toppin together so Randall can have more space going to the paint. So please, the floor is yours. Please talk about this man, Tims, and just how you felt about him after watching him coach in the playoffs. And then I I really want you to talk about his
1: minutes allocation and and just his rotations. Like, I want to know how you feel about that man as a whole. Yeah, well, let me just start with saying Tibbs was my choice Okay. um, Okay. going in because the Knicks as an organization and the Knicks on the floor, in my opinion, was just in shambles prior to this coaching hire. And I felt like they needed a coach that was going to hold them accountable, that was going to bring in some structure, that was going to get them back to playing defense, and that was a no-nonsense guy. So Tibbs was my choice coming in and he did that and he did Mm -hmm. that and and, um that being said that being and 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 he deserved coach of the year what he was able to do with this roster and and it it, it was just magical um but in the playoffs yeah i said the same thing because you know when you're doing these podcasts now you got to Pay closer attention <laughs> to the games, right? Because you got to <laughs> yeah. have a take on it, you know. So I'm paying closer attention um, to the games and, and what have you. You're absolutely right. I didn't think he made it, made the necessary um, adjustments in the game, and I thought as he should not listen. We all know how bad Elf was playing, but he was only playing five seven minutes. My thing was. <laughs> My thing was mm-hmm. you put Rose into that starting lineup, what you did was you weakened the only strength we had, which was our bench. Coming into it that that during that um before he made the change, their bench was averaging 27 points per game. Our bench was averaging 60. You understand? Yep. So yep. even though their their um starters may have been outplaying ours, and they were our bench was able to make it up. Once you put Rose in the starting lineup, okay, our starting lineup may have been even with them. It definitely wasn't better than them in in terms of scoring. But now, the the rest of the series, their bench scored 27 points per game. Our bench scored 27 points again. We no longer had the one edge we did have. So I thought that was... uh, I thought that was a bad move. I thought, like we said, not making the adjustments for um, Randall if that meant putting him at the five, whatever it meant. And then also, I thought IQ should have gotten more minutes. Um, This guy is not afraid of the moment. And as a matter of fact, his minutes went down in the playoffs by like five minutes. I do think I did see IQ was a little more hesitant in the playoffs to pull on the shots he would usually take in the regular season. But in my opinion, that's on the coaching staff to pull him aside, to notice that and be like, look, don't be hesitant. We need you to play the same way you played in the regular season with that same aggression, right? I thought he was a bit hesitant. In the fifth game, Timbs even said, and excuse excuse my dog, Timbs even said, I'm going to bring out all the stops. So when the game started, (laughs) I'm waiting for the stops. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything different. (laughs) When we got down, you know, that's when I said, "Okay, now this is when the the team is floundering. It's not going anywhere. Bring in IQ. Maybe he could hit a shot or something to get that momentum back, because sometimes that's all you need. Somebody hit a shot or two juice the team up. Now you're off on a run. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you. People will say that Atlanta was was more more talented, and that's and 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 that's totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. But mm-hmm. when you say we lost the series just because of talent, you let Randall off the hook, and you let Tibbs and that coaching staff off the hook. And I'm not going to do it. Randall played subpar, and Tibbs also had a subpar performance, and that contributed to us losing the series. At least the way we lost it. We might have lost it. That's about five games? No. 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 And Tibbs gotta get better. This is this is what I said yesterday on my show. I don't see Tibbs as much and I really hope I'm wrong. I don't see Tibbs making it past the third year of his contract. I don't see it. Because mm-hmm. if even if you upgrade the roster, let's just say by some miracle, we was able to get Dame and Kawhi. Let's just say. And now we got Dame, Kawhi, Randall, What whatever. As a coach, you still have to make adjustments. I don't care what your talent level is. When you get in the playoffs in a series, people key on you. You have to be able to make the adjustments. Look at the talent Philly has, but we can argue about Simmons at this point. You still <laughs> got to make the adjustments.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> no matter what the talent level is. And so that's my concern with Tibbs that he's bringing us along, but he may not be the guy there when we do um, win the championship. <laughs> I feel the same way.
0: I think I said, I said that to Die Hard the other day. I, say it, it, I said it just like this. Timbs is our Mark Jackson. Um, he's, he's 64 years old. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be stuck in his ways. He wants to win his way. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Tibbs go small he tr- he's trying to adapt but it, it doesn't really look like he's adapting and the one thing the one number I looked at last season what really made me annoyed with Tibbs was the Knicks leading the NBA in ISOs and we have no ISO basketball players on our team I, I don't want to go in the next season and Julius Randle is my third option for the third. is my first option for the third straight season it comes right. to a point where Tibbs has to switch it up. He was the slowest pace, one of the slowest paces in the NBA. I, right. I think our offense was, was still in the 20s. I think we were still bottom five in total assists and assists per game. So, yes, Tibbs might be a great coach, Hall of Fame coach. Um, he was coach of the year. He was first in a lot of defensive metrics, but his
1: offense still stunk. Right. How much of that though was because of the team that we had? Do you think he'll be better if we have more options? I think he will, but it's funny that he won't have that excuse of
0: he doesn't have the talent next season. I don't want to hear about talent next season when it comes to tips. Like you, you you got sixty million in cap space. There's no excuses as to why he's not using his bench next season and. You know, maybe CAA got some secret plans that we don't know about. But I need to see huge improvement from Tibbs going in the next season, um, or he'll just be our Mark Jackson, and we got Johnny O'Brien right on the bench, or Kenny Payne that's right on the bench, who's probably re- ready to take that job whenever it comes through. Do you think? Do you think um, Johnny O or Mark or the real Mark Jackson, one of those guys, would be our next
1: coach? A lot of it depends on the direction the Knicks want to go. If they're going to go with the young guys, I can see um, Johnny O getting the, the the position. But if if they if they're saying that they feel like they have one in Randall, and they're going to go out and get somebody else to play with them, then I think you would want an experienced coach, and Mark Jackson would be fine. Mm.
0: Uh- I would love Mark Jackson to get another shot on the Knicks or or somewhere else like Boston or the Pelicans. But I I definitely would like for him to get another shot for sure. Yeah. Um, Now, what was your thoughts about, you know, our roster as a whole, you know, You've seen Thibodeau coach this roster, Reggie Bullock and, and Alec Burks and Taj and Derek Rose. We had, I think our record was like 21 and six after we traded for Derek Rose. I just like, want to know how you feel about the roster and, and, and some of the
1: things that we need
0: moving forward.
1: Well, we got to upgrade, we have to yeah. upgrade the roster for sure. And I go back to the Knicks have to decide if Randall is their guy or not. I think if he's not your guy, trade him, trade him, and build around the young core. Um, mm-hmm. But if he is your guy, you have to. And this is it's, this is going to be tough because I don't think that guy is out there, you know, um, unless a disgruntled player demands a trade or whatever. But if you say Randall is your guy. What we need on this roster is another guy, <laughs> and I'm not talking <laughs> about I'm not talking about somebody who just improves us a little bit. I'm talking about an all star or NBA caliber player. You look at Denver, you look at Philly, you look at Milwaukee. I mean, you could argue about Middleton, but they have two guys where you know on any at least two guys. Some have more, at least two guys where you know every single night. This is what I'm getting from that guy. We only got one. The other guys are developing, coming into their own or for the veterans. They weren't good enough to be that guy. Right. So right. that's what the Knicks need now. Now, this is the problem. problem. That guy is not out there right now that mm-hmm. I, that that I could see not in free agency. Uh, maybe somebody will shake loose and be um, available in a trade. But if Randall is your best player, uh, uh, first round second round exit Period that's just what it's I don't care What else you do you can bring in all these other Guys and the Knicks will get better don't get Me wrong but mm-hmm. if you are talking About getting in that top Three you need another All-star or NBA player and the Knicks just don't have That and even though they have the Money and the assets to get it I don't really See that player out there um, And available
0: So you know we, we talking about that guy. And I want you to specifically talk about the young core that we have. Um, two guys that we haven't even brought up yet in, in Kevin Knox and Frank Nilekina. Um, I feel some type of way when it comes to those two. So I, I'm explaining the reason why I feel this way, and I want you to um, talk about it.
2: Okay.
0: Um, in 2017, we drafted Frank Nilakina. And Phil Jackson was fired the next day. And we, we had a chance to get Donovan Mitchell. Okay, cool. We don't get Donovan Mitchell. We get Frank Nalikina. So Frank proceeds to be on the bench for Jared Jack, Trey Burke, Emmanuel Moutier, Alfred Payton, um, Mario Hazonia, you know, a bunch of one-year vet merch. And he, you know, the, the franchise never took the time to really develop Frank Nalikina. Kevin Knox. You got a guy who comes in 19 years old. He averages 13 points, five rebounds on 34% shooting from three. And he proceeds to, after his rookie season, the next two years, you got Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, Mook Morris. Shout-outs to Mook Morris. He got his manu quickly, so I ain't going to really kill him. But basically, those two guys never really got a shot to really – just improve and just get the opportunity while I'm seeing a guy like Alfred Payton literally sulk on the court and still get minutes or guys like Reggie Bullock, who for a month straight did not score double digit points. And I can't just see Kevin Knox real quick for a minute. And you had chances to trade both of these guys. You didn't trade both of them. So you kept Knox and DMP'd him. And I wanna I wanna know, am I wrong for feeling this way, like feeling salty about those two guys' development? Or is it just on
1: Kevin Knox and Frank? Like they just both suck. And I'm just
0: being emotional.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a tough question. This is something that has polarized the the, the fan base. Um no, I don't I don't think I I mean I think you have a reason to be salty, but I will say that. I have a a, a different take um, on on that, mm-hmm. um, and and I guess I should I should start because I see basketball through a certain lens. Um, I I I, I played basketball. I coached basketball. I sat on a bench um, in college for two years. I've, I've been on championship teams, so I kind of have a lot of experience from being in each part of the game. Not getting time uh Getting time being counted on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm and I'm very deep into basketball culture because I've played it since I was like you know um, eight years old. I didn't play organized basketball until later. So I say that to say. So wait, are, hold on, real quick, real quick. So you've been in locker rooms.
0: So, oh, absolutely. So you know the please, can, I I need you to I need you to elaborate on locker room culture too, please. Just for the listeners, please. And, and get into that whole point. Thank you. And in, in, in what respect? Like just a, a locker room culture as far as like being a young guy and then you got the older guys and you got mm-hmm. people like me who saying, Why are you playing the goddamn
1: vets over the young guys? So
0: basically, yeah, like Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. You
1: know. Well when 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 I came when I when I came um to the team in in college, the um the play I was a young player, obviously I was a freshman and there were older players um on the team and I didn't play at all. I mean, I played sparingly, but I didn't play because I wasn't good enough. You know, those players were better than I was, you know. And so um, they would help me out here and there. But a friend of mine, uh, shout out to you, Larry, wherever you are. um, He was coaching me during the offseason. He said, listen, they gonna help you a little bit, but they ain't going to help you too much because they don't want you to take their spot, you know. So. You know, it depends. You know, sometimes you'll come into a locker room and the vets will take to you and they'll work with you, and and I think that's what the Knicks had. And sometimes you'll come into a locker room and they see you as an adversary, somebody that's here to take take your spot, and you on your own. You know, to try to uh, to try to figure it out um, for yourself. Uh, what I know about coaches, because I coached myself, is the is looking. The coach wants to win. A coach is not going to not play a player if they think that player can help them win. So if somebody is not playing, there's a reason. There's a reason. Because a coach is just not going to not play somebody if they feel like this guy can help them, to help them win. So specifically about uh, Melakina and, and, and Knox, listen, I think Melakina did get um, opportunities. You know, people were injured. You know, he started, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 games or so, you know, mm-hmm. at, um, at one point. I'm not, I can't put my finger on the issue with, with, with Frank, but he had five different coaches. And some people say, oh, that's why he didn't develop. But he wasn't the only one that had those five different coaches. But what's interesting is all five of those coaches came to the same conclusion. That's what's interesting. All five of those players decided that they were not going to give him the reins as the point guard and that they weren't going to play him significant minutes um, off guard. I don't know what that's about. I wish I had some insight knowledge. Um, I know, um, was it Isola or Hahn, um, you know, talked about it a little bit and said that a lot of the players uh, feel like he's hesitant on offense. That he's very um, inconsistent um, as as far as playing the point um, the point position. That's the only thing I've heard about trying to get close to what the what the reason is. Mm. As far as these other guys, listen, I'm I'm from the old school, and, <laughs> and, and by that I mean you earn what you get. You know what I mean? I'm not uh-huh. one that's like, oh, well, we got to play the young players, whether they earned it or not, because we need them to be good two and three years down the line. Nah. You know, when you look at Kobe Bryant, you look at some of the greats. They started on the bench. They played behind a veteran. Why? Because they weren't good enough at that time. And as they game developed, they took those minutes from the, um, the veterans, right? And I think that that's what – because look at quickly he didn't even play the first two preseason games, if I'm not mistaken. Tibbs was was not thinking about him being in this rotation, right? He wanted to see Dennis Smith. He wanted to see all those guys. When he got into that game, that third game, he changed Tibbs' mind. He took it. He he went in there and he took that spot. And the next thing you know, he's in the rotation. So I'm... Listen, you gotta play to win. Like if I had to, if I had to create a basketball Bible, it would be real thin, one chapter, two verses. Number one, you play to win, and number two, you earn <laughs> everything you get. That's it. That's all. So, so if I'm playing to win, I'm not playing Frank Milakina overboard. I'm, I'm just not. Now, would I have liked to have seen Frank get some minutes somewhere in the season? Yes, I would have. I especially would have liked to have seen Knox get more um, minutes um, somewhere in the season. I, I really, mm-hmm. I really like, I really like Knox, but I'm not sitting here saying Knox should have started over any of those bets because all of those bets were better than Knox at this time. Agreed. At this time, you know, and you got to play to win. You can't just put a young player in there because you want to see. It's not a training ground. You know what I mean? This is a game. we we, we playing to win. We're not here to train you up for next season, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my take on it, but but I really thought we could have used Frank in that Atlanta series. 10, 15 minutes or something, we could have used yes. him in that series, and I do think there were times in the season when we could have used Knox. I really like Knox.
0: Um, Listen, Knox, and I'm, I, I was so disappointed that he 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 just didn't play. I, I don't know. I don't know if he didn't want the minutes. I don't know if he didn't want to take the minutes. I, I don't know if Tibbs was like, look, man, I'm just going with my vets and I'm going with who I trust. But But he was in there. What he, happened? I, he was getting he was in the rotation. Um oh, you gotta remember Alec Burks was hurt. Remember Alec Burks didn't play on preseason, and I remember, remember, remember the fourth preseason game was the game, and in that game I love watching that game. That was the game when quickly went off, Frank went off, Knox went off. I think all the young guys went off. I was having a blast that game, and I just ever since that I seen Knox when he was shooting well at the beginning of the season, and once Alec Burks came back, it, it was no more Knox and. My, my main issue about that was it, not even just the Knox thing, like how to use, how to manage your assets, right? Knox is an asset. So when I hear people put out these trades and, and, and they say, oh, Knox and two first round picks and, and Obi and, and, and this guy, and we're going to get an all-star with that. Hold on, hold on now. Knox has no value. Because he was DMP'd most of the last season. And then you can't trade the one one year right. that Merck's, which I mentioned already. So why not try to see if your asset can get better? For example, I just watched OKC get the 16th pick from Boston and Kimba. But they traded away, um, they, they, they traded away uh, Moses Brown. Right. Moses Brown played G League product. That's the, that's how you manage your assets, and I just felt like the Knicks did not manage their
1: assets properly. Even right. with Frank and you were supposed to trade Frank last season. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But I will say this: OKC was in a different place where they could play a Moses Brown because they wasn't trying to. They weren't uh uh they were in the playoffs. They weren't in playoff mm. contention. When you were in playoff contention, um, play your best players. You know, so they couldn't just play Knox just to drum up his value. They had to play him because they thought he was he was going to help them win. Mm. So they're in a tough situation. But I do think that a young team um, that's still building um, will see Knox as um, an asset. So I do think he has some value. But you're right. Had he played and had he played well, he would have had more value. But had he played and played well, we probably would be talking about keeping him. You know.
0: <laughs> no, <Nah>, that's true
1: <laughs> We'll be talking about keeping him um, I like Knox, like when I just see him Walk, I'll be like, look at this Kid <laughs> <laughs> He's so tall And long, and oh my god!" But um, I would like to see Knox um, Remain on this team, because the Knicks in such a tricky situation You know, we could still be a playoff team Or we could be in a play-in team You know, depending yeah. on what they do Or not doing this offseason But any of these, even these playoff teams They always have a young player that they bring in along And I would like Knox to be that player for us
0: Um, love Kevin Knox Uh, let's break, Let's talk about, you know, Scott Perry's Other draft pick And Mitchell Robinson And I miss Mitchell Robinson Um yeah, I haven't seen him in a couple months. Um, get better, kid. But yeah. when you say this off season is really tricky, Mitchell Robinson is really one of the tricky ones. Yep, yep. Um, you just watched Nurland Noel, and shout outs to Nurland. He gave us a hell of a season, but he's going to walk because some team is going to offer him money after the season he just had. He had a great season, and nobody w- can never take that away from him. So, shout-out to New Noel. But Mitch was hurt. And it would behoove Mitch to try to get a new contract this offseason. Um, and it would behoove the Knicks to try to get a contract done with Mitch this offseason because if you just accept his team option and he goes into 2022 as an unrestricted free agent, we probably could lose him for nothing. So... How, how do you feel about Mitch and you know his injury yeah. and would yeah. you sign him and what's your what's the pay scale for him? What what would you like for us to pay him if you want to resign him?
1: Yeah, listen, when we say the Knicks got a lot of decisions to make, I was I have forgot all about Mitch. Oh, um, so <laughs> yeah, this is just another <laughs> wrench, you know. Um, listen. In an ideal world, coming off an injury, I would like to see him next year. Because in an ideal world, and this is not ideal, he's coming off an injury. I would like to see how he's recovered from that injury next season. And also, we was trying to assess him this season. And we didn't really get a chance to fully assess him because of the injuries. However, if we go that route, like you said, not pick Mm up the, um, the option, he can become an unrestricted free agent, even though I think the Knicks would trade him during the, the season, as opposed to just letting him walk, get to the um to free agency and walk. Um I think I appreciated Mitch more because when you look at his numbers, it's it's nothing about it that's extraordinary. Under 10 points, under 10 rebounds, one block, but. What doesn't show, unless you go into advanced statistics, is that pick-and-roll defense, and that's yes. what we need. That pick-and-roll defense, it changes everything in terms of what we can do defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could cover a lot of ground. So in that respect, that does boost up his value. Uh, and, and also his ability, his hands, you know, when he could catch a lob, yes. right? That stretches the defense for us, too. <laughs> Right. So yep. you got to make a choice. You're going to come up. If we get into the key, uh, you're going to come up and you're going to play that guard or and give up the alley-oop or you're going to play back and give the guard the floater. The same issues we had with, um, with Trey Young. He would pose those same um, issues for, for, the, for the opposing team. Yep. So this is tough. How much do you play an opposing, uh, injured player and, and you don't know how he's going to come back? Um, I would, I would give him it within the ten to twelve million range. Right. I think he's that. I think he's that um, important. If he would take eight, I would be. I would be great. But he was been playing on a million dollar contract. He not. T- I don't think he's taking eight million dollars. No, you know? <laughs> he not. He not taking that. And he may not even take ten to twelve. You understand what I mean? Um, he might not. He might not because. Centers like that. Now he, he now, I really would like him to get a jump, a, a, a little jump shot. You know, a oh little something God. to keep to keep the defense honest. I mean, yes. come on, like Taj would hit that little jump shot sometimes. Noel, I thought Noel should have took it more, but he would take the little jump shot. I'm like that's all I'm asking, just a little jump shot right around the key. You know. <laughs> um. How much would you pay him? And would you would you would you resign him or would you? What if? Listen, and, and i would, I'm like, I know you're the host, but I'm just curious. That's <laughs> why so I'm mm-hmm. asking you the question. I'm just curious your opinion. But uh-huh. also, would uh-huh. you trade him for Miles Turner?
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> to answer the first question, for me, I think he's worth 10 to 14 million, and okay. I think he's worth at least three years um yes yes i agree just just off of what i've seen so far but what is really scary is the jump shot is having no jump shot right i just watched and 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 i want to paint this picture for you since 2016 since we've seen the warriors you know and running this small ball line I just watched a small ball lineup run Rudy Gobert off the floor for the fifth, for the fifth year, five years straight, literally, (laughs) literally small ball ran him off the court. And it wasn't because it it was because of his perimeter defense, something that Mitchell Robinson excels at Mitchell Robinson can stay in front of guards. And that's one thing about Mitch. That's great about him. Um, He can switch on guards. He will stay in front of a guard, but. The offense in the playoffs matters. Spacing right. matters. Yep. And what I see what I seen the Clippers do to Rudy Gobert was so alarming. It I, I had to think about Mitch. And Mitch hasn't improved his offense in three years. So that's another thing. Like, what are you doing during the offseason? Right. You, you you did not come back with a jump hook last season. I still haven't seen you take a consistent mid-range jump shot and listen i'm i'm over the summer videos i don't care about his those videos with dennis with jr so i i i I just i'm over the whole summer video thing right but you know some of those things was very alarming what i watched from rudy gobert and i'm looking at mitch robinson and i'm like my god you gotta get that jump shot man gotta get it now would i trade mitch nobody on this roster is um Untra- like everybody on this roster is tradable to me besides RJ right. Barrett. RJ Barrett is just for future tampering purposes, and I think he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. Would I trade Mitch? Yes. Would I trade Mitch for Miles Turner? Uh, I don't know. Um, the reason why I say him. I don't know, Miles Turner, yes, he's a great shot blocker and he can space the floor, but the guy is a horrible rebounder. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, my God, he's so horrible at rebounding. Um, maybe Julius Randle would cover his deficiency at rebounding. But another thing I want to throw at, throw at you, and I want to see how you feel about this, is I don't believe in uh, using all your resources in the front court. Um, it's a wing and guards league. The last time a, a big man has been the best player on a championship team was 10 years ago with Dirk Nowitzki. So I I I can't see myself, you know, having Miles Turner at twenty million, having Julius Randle at at, at ninety. That's forty million in your front court. Right, right. Miles Turner makes that, I, I, don't I don't, gonna make,
1: make that much, or that's how much he would command.
0: I think that's I think Miles makes twenty million of uh, this wow. uh, this season and next season. Um, yeah, that is a lot. It, it is, <laughs> but 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 see, Miles Turner can shoot. So right and, and it doesn't really hurt you It's just his rebounding right. is just so terrible Am
1: I getting Malcolm Brogdon in that deal? I like Ma- Michael Brogdon Yeah man Let's bring him one too man. He's making 18 He's making 18 million Yeah yeah I hear you um, How is his pick and roll defense though?
0: So who? Um, Miles Turner?
1: Yeah he's pretty good Like defensively as well
0: Miles Turner is pretty good defensively. Uh, let me pull up some of his defensive stats, by the way. Um, it's crazy. So, Miles Turner, uh, wow. He has a higher deep, uh, defensive plus minus than Joel B. Embi- he averages 3.4 blocks, 0. 0.9 steals, 8.8 um, 8 block percentage. Joel B block percentage, by the way, was 3.9 this season. So yes, he he's a great defender. Well, he's becoming a great defender. Um to put on some more weight. I just would like for him to rebound more. That's that's my right. thing about Miles Turner.
1: Just rebound right. more. But I think he would be a good fit for us. I, I really do. Yeah. But you make a good point about how much money you want to um uh, yeah, tie up um in the front court. That's a that's that's a that's a good, that's a good point.
0: You know, you don't you don't want to give you, I, I, the Knicks their their situation is so funny. It yeah. is, it we, is. We we bringing up all these various topics, and and, and this situation is just so funny because it all revolves. It always comes back to Julius Randle. Like, right? Do you do you think he's your guy? Right. If he's not your guy, do you trade him? And now we could get into these. Two guys that we uh drafted this season and Emmanuel mm-hmm. quickly, but mainly Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. So, Obi Toppin, I hated his rookie season. And I, I'm just be honest with you. Um, the guy's 23 years old. He was averaging four points last season. Maybe he's a player who needs the crowd for energy because we we all see him finally wake up during the playoffs. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is really the Obi Toppin guy that we drafted. But Leon Rose drafted Obi Toppin who plays the same position as Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, do you see a future where Julius Randle and Obi Toppin can coexist? Or are you one of those people who's like, you know what, man, y'all got to pick between Obi and, and Randle. Y'all,
1: y'all got to pick now. A lot of it depends on how Obi develops. So, for example... Do you think he could play both the three and the four? If he could play both, now I, I question that because of his footwork. But if he could play both the three and the four, yes, they can co- they can um, coexist. If Tibbs is willing to do small ball with Randall at the five and Obi at the four, then yes, they can coexist. I also think that um, they don't, they wouldn't have to make a decision just yet. I don't. I mean, I think Obi is going to make some strides over the summer. Mm-hmm. But Randall could 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 stand to have his minutes lessened also. So if Obi is able to command more minutes and Randall minutes um come down, they could still play behind each other for at least one more season. He can still play behind Randall for at least one more season. But if he's not able to play the three or the four and they defensively they're just a mess. So you don't want to play um small ball, then it's going to depend. If Randall is your guy, then yeah, sooner or later you would have to trade um, Obi. I don't know how, where would he get time, you know? But if Randall is not your guy, then yeah, that definitely opens up an opportunity for him. I don't think he's ready yet, though, to start at Power Forward. Yeah.
0: And you know why you just made me sad? Um, Obi is 23. If if you're gonna tell me he wasn't ready now, then Leon
1: Rose should have just drafted Devin Vassell. <laughs> yeah, or Halliburton. But you know what? Listen, I think Obi fooled a lot of people. Well, maybe maybe he didn't fool the people in front of the Knicks who didn't draft him, right? <laughs> but the Knicks thought, and a lot of teams thought. He was NBA ready, that you would be able to get, I don't know what, 12 points, eight rebounds, 10 points, six rebounds, that you would be able to put him in your rotation and get something out of it. This is the issue I have with, with Obi. And <laughs> people who, you know, o, Obi's this, to me, Obi was a disappointment. Yes. Me, Obi was a disappointment because I'm getting the same thing out of a 23 year old that I could have got out of a 19 year old had more time for him to develop. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the issue I'm having with Obi. And people are, t- oh, my God, he's going to be great b- because he was able to hit a three. You know, I'm like, you know, our 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 standards are kind of low, you know, for these four, <laughs> you know, for Obi Toppin. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yep. We expected him to be NBA ready, and he wasn't, period. Now, hopefully, you know, if he takes a giant leap, between this summer and next summer becomes that player and one year that we thought we had, then it's a new point. But to me, he has a lot of work. He has a lot of work
0: to do. Um, so is there is there any event that you would entertain trading trading Obi Toppin? Um, I seen a trade. Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, I believe it was the 21st pick and like a future pick swap, but basically a trade package for colin sexton no so i wouldn't tra- it- uh-huh. go ahead i'm sorry go ahead finish no 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 go no go ahead you was about to go you was about to go on a rampage
1: i'm open to trading anybody on the roster um but i wouldn't trade them for, for colin sexton i'm not high on sexton I, mm. I I like him. I like his speed. I like his ability to get um into the into, into the paint. Mm. Um but I don't I I don't mm, I don't really see him. He's not the guy I would want at the at the point guard um for the Knicks. But yes, there are trade scenarios where I would I would trade Obi. There's trade scenarios where I would trade Obi and Quick, though. I'm very high on quickly though. Um Everybody is tradable. What I don't want to see is you putting this big package together of players and picks and you not, and you bringing back a player that doesn't move the needle too much. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that you cannot do. And I think the Knicks organization is smart enough not to do that. The other thing I don't want the Knicks to do, and I don't want to get off the topic too much, don't spend all your cap space on these secondary players and you don't have it. When a, when, a, when a good player comes along.
0: Right. I I, I That's my main fear. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I, my main fear, I wake up and I see the Knicks. New York Knicks has agreed to a four-year, $80 million deal with Dennis Schroeder. Um, the New York Knicks has agreed to a three-year, $100 million deal with Chris Paul. Like, it's right, certain, right, 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 right. And, and there's certain deals where I'm like... I hope Leon Rose can, you know, just keep James Dolan out of out of right. out of his office. Right, I, right, right. I don't want us to
1: go stargazing, but right. at the same time, but I we would, can go stargazing go for the right star, <sighs> not stargazing for these for for, for players. You giving up all of your assets for players that don't meet the need,
0: right? And. I'm going to be honest with you, Miss um, Steph. That right star won't be available to about 2025. <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of people don't like hearing that, but I'm looking at the next few free agencies. 2021, you know, 2022, right. you spoke about needle movers, right? right. Did Zach Levine and Bradley Bill move the needle? Ooh.
1: Gonna, I, I really want yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Levine doesn't, and the only reason, and again, I'm I'm coming from the the perspective. Let's just say we got one in Randall. We really don't know, but I'm just gonna say we got one in Randall. Right. He's looking for another one to put with him. I like Levine's game, but he's another one that hasn't been in the playoffs. He's another one where we don't know what we got. You know, when we get to. Uh, to to, to playoff time, right? Mm-hmm. So that one doesn't excite me as much as it excites um, other people. But he's a good player, though. Bill, I like Bill, though. <laughs> I like Bradley Bill, man. This guy, now, you can say the same thing uh, uh, about him. But to me, Bradley Bill is a killer. You know, I I I just love this guy. I just love him. He could put the ball on the floor. He could could do on all. He could score on all three levels. Mm -hmm. It's it's not easy to score over thirty points in the NBA. It's not, you know, it's 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 not easy to do. So Bill moves the needle for me. But this is the thing: you can't give up so much that you can't put a team around them. You understand? Right. So. You can't have two players, and you need two players. I don't even know how other teams are doing, and I'm trying to learn more about the salary cap. Two players taking up so much of your cap that you can't have legit starters around them, You can't have a good bench. But Bill gives me pause. I would have to see the trade. I would have to see the trade.
0: It's, and it's, it's funny that you said Bill, so that leads me for, to for, – for And he's the- a backcourt
1: player. That's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have all your money in the front court. He's a backcourt player.
0: Right. So this comes now, these two questions just come to my mind because you said Bradley Bill. So do you see what is the long-term positions you see for RJ Barrett and specifically Emmanuel quickly? Because I'm hearing you saying Brad, um, Bradley Bill. So to me, that's basically you saying you think RJ Barrett is a small forward, correct?
1: I think he could play either position. Mm. Okay. I think he could play. I think he could play either position. Um, but I, I would like—I I go back and forth with this. I would like a taller, more lengthier player at the three, playing opposite Barrett, um, as opposed to getting a smaller player and having to move Barrett to the three. But that being said, lately. I'm kind of coming off of the wingspan, athleticism, height thing because we're missing out on players that are dogs that can play because they're not tall or because they don't have the wingspan or because, you know, and I'm thinking about Lowry and Van Vliet and Brogdon and all of these guys who mm-hmm. who can play, but they may not be super fast or have these super wingspans. So I'm trying not to get too caught up, um, too caught up in that. Listen, and this goes back to what we were talking about. Is Randall your guy or not? Because if Randall is your guy, he's only going to be in his prime for what? Another six years? Six, seven years? So if he's one of your guys and you bring in another one, that means you're trying to win in that six, seven year period. If you're trying to win in that six, seven year period, then yeah, you may have to um sacrifice some of your young players to bring in young vets right bill is 27 so right when i talk about somebody that's 32 or or 33. Mm-hmm. you may have to do that um i would i would like to keep Barrett um that i i just think if you could get two all-star caliber players and you still have Barrett on the roster now you're saying something no, and I quickly could come off the bench Listen, quickly Even Barrett, quickly and Barrett It's going to take them some time To get to that all, uh, Barrett might in The next year or two, he might be there, right? But usually It takes those guys some time To to become Those types of players So, I mean, it's okay for, for um, Quick to come off the bench He's a sniper, we need that So, what um,
0: what do you see quickly as? Do you see him as a future six man, a starting point guard, or in the shooting guard mold of of uh, CJ McCollum? Um, What what do you think quickly long term position is? And and do you do you think the Knicks should really target uh, a free agent point guard or or drafting a point guard? um, because we right. do have Luca Vildoza, you right. Know, Paolo right? Prigioni a uh, uh, disciple, right? And we still got quickly under contract, right? And Derek Rose
1: not here, so right. speak on that. Yeah, I mean, it always goes back to what you know if the Knicks are trying to build <laughs> off, of, off of the fourth seed, then you got to mm. get a known point, a, a known. Um, you got to know what you got at the point guard position, right? You can't right. if you're trying to build off of last season. You don't know what you're going to get from quickly at that position. He, he and he may play it well, but you don't know. You don't know what you're going to get from Beldoza at that position. He may be play it very well, but you don't know. You can't if you're trying to build up last season. You can't come in with unknowns, right? Right. So you do have to address that position. Um. But if they trade Randall. And they're saying that, you know what, you don't think he's our guy. We're going to build around the young people. Then I would start quickly. You know, I think he could play that. I think I really like this kid, man. He he could be any one of those. He could turn out to be a starting point guard. He could turn out to be a an undersized shooting guard right at 6'3". He could mm-hmm. turn out to be a six Man, I, I think all of those options he could be depending on – how he develops. A lot of people are saying he can't be a point guard, but there's a lot of six three point guards. He's six three, right? Six, he's
2: 6'3, six, 6'9
1: three, three. <laughs> wingspan. I think I think he can play point. Yeah. today's NBA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Player. Right. So it's not like he's six, and even there's some six one point guard. So yeah. And and I wish he would have got more of an opportunity. Um but I think he can um play the point. Listen, this guy, if you noticed he is going to be an elite scorer. His defense got better, but I just believe he's going to be able to, he's going to be an elite scorer. already. He can shoot the three with range. He mm-hmm. tightened up that floater. He was a little sloppy in the beginning, pulling a floater from the foul line. He tightened that up. Right? So he's mm-hmm. getting the floater a little closer to the basket. Then I saw finishing off the glass faking going in there finishing high off the glass over the big over the big guys right Mm
2: -hmm. then
1: then i saw just a few times him fake take two dribbles in and shoot the mid-range i'm like my goodness now if he develops that where he's scoring on all three levels like that this guy's he's gonna be he's gonna be something um the Knicks have to upgrade this roster and you can't, you can't get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. But if I had to, you know, like an expansion lottery where they say you can, you can pick two players. You can pick a certain <laughs> number of players. that are uncomfortable, It would, it would be um, RJ and quickly. I, I, I love those guys. I think they're going to be really, really good.
0: Quickly. Now, now quickly is he is, He's a funny guy, and salute to, um, Emmanuel quickly. He made the All NBA Rookie uh, Second Team. He should have been on the All Rookie First Team. You know, he, he led. Have. He definitely should have. He, you know, he led all the rookies in points per game, and his net rating was a plus seven point one. So that means he affects winning, which was the highest out of all the rookies. So I felt Emmanuel quickly was snubbed. And also a stat for mm-hmm. you. Emmanuel quickly shot 39% from three-point range and 89% from free-throw range in 2020-2021. The only other rookie in NBA history to attempt more than 300 three-pointers and match or exceed those percentages was Steph Curry, a.k.a. a point guard. Right. Right. We we can't
1: really box quickly into that. Right. You know, he's a bench guy. I agree. I agree, but but how do you feel about him? Do you like him? Is is he somebody that that um that you wouldn't trade? Um, I I really like quickly. Uh,
0: I don't love him. I'm gonna be honest okay. about that. I, okay. I really like quickly. I enjoy. I I enjoy watching him play, but his playmaking is disgusting. His yeah. uh, his, yeah. his defensive IQ is really bad, and you know he just got to learn. It's just the little things. He just doesn't do the little things for me. Either he's gonna shoot a three or he's gonna shoot a floater. He got to be. Right. He got to become right. decisive. More yeah, right. and it's just you know the playoffs told me a lot about quickly and quickly. Just got to get stronger. Uh, yeah, he he got to get way stronger The way he was. It, yeah, it, literally, Atlanta targeted him on offense every time he was on the court. So right, I, I love quickly, but I mean, I like quickly. I don't really love quickly, but right. I'm willing to keep him long term because I see something, something is there. So right, okay. What about Obi? You love him? I love Obi. Uh, really more than quick. I love Obi. I love Obi more than quick. Um, I hate his season. I hate that he averaged four points, mm. but I love Obi more than quick. <laughs> I, it's just something about Obi. I mean, you know what it was? You know, you watching, you watching draft night. You see Obi with his family. You, you know, I, I'm from I'm from Harlem, so mm-hmm. I've seen Obi pops. in yes, the too. Before mm-hmm. I, I seen him in the EBC, mm-hmm. uh, and I. I you know, watching Obi cry, and you see his mother—they crying. You see the picture of Obi when he was young. He got on the neck. I, I took. I, I, yeah. He, he yeah. took a piece of my heart with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, can't really, you know, you know. I, listen,
1: I would trade quickly before. Really. I, yeah. I would. I would trade Obi before I trade quickly, but. I will say this about Obi. And, you know, and sometimes I wonder, are we just looking for branches? Like, he scored four – he averaged four points, five points or whatever. You know, are <laughs> you just, like, looking for something to be excited about? Mm-hmm. Um, he did one move in the playoffs where he he actually put the ball on the floor from, like, out near the, um, the three-point line and took it to the basket. And that's what made me think, wow, I wonder if, if he would ever – it is seat right to be able to to play the three. In my opinion, Obi Toppin is going to make the biggest leap um, next year out of all the players on the Knicks. And you can argue that he has the furthest to go, you know. <laughs> you can argue that. But um, this guy is a worker, you know, and he cares, and, and he's going to put in the time. And his ability, if he can put it all together, to play in the post, hit the three, put the ball on the floor, step into it. Like, if he could do that, the Knicks got something. The niggas got
0: something. Oh, Obi, see, everything is on Obi. Everything is on him. I see various players when, I, when it comes to Obi. I think about various players. I think about Boris DL. I think mm. about Montrez Harold. I mm-hmm. think about Sean Marion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm thinking about all these various guys to see, you know, what role can Obi play on this team? And it always comes back to number 30. <laughs> how, how is Obi, and mind you, our coach is Thibodeau. That's the mm-hmm. real issue I be having a little bit. Cause I know Thibodeau does not play his bench a lot. And I know Thibodeau, it, it, like Thibodeau, is, he's just such a confusing character. I think if we had any other coach, we would have like a, a, a more of a, a, a understanding about Obi Toppin and, and seeing his ceiling, but since Obi is our coach, I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know, and is I just say Obi development is just more intriguing than Quickly's development because Quickly looks like a guy; he is who he is. Obi, I don't know who he is yet. Right.
1: You get what I'm saying, it, it, right. It, it's tough. right? It's tough, right? Right. Well, right. Well, we don't know what he is yet because he's not much right now, other than a rim runner, right? And right, and, 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 and hitting the three. And I'm I'm really really interested to see how Obi comes um comes back. He's going to take a big leap, but I don't know about if, if Tibbs was holding um Obi back. Obi looked like there was games he played where I felt like. He should not have been playing. Like there was a point in the season where it looked like he lost his confidence. He was hitting, shooting air balls. Those games is when I thought Knox should have been in there. That's when I, w- I was like, "Listen, Obi is not ready. He looks terrible right now." <laughs> and it was like four games straight, and I'm like, "Where's Knox? Not put Knox in. Knox is going to give us more than Obi is giving us right now." You know? Yep. Um, but I think Tibbs likes. And I, and I do too, like Obi's motor. This guy's all over the place. He's Agreed. trying. You can see it. You can see he's trying to get to the spot, play good defense, trying to get the rebound, <laughs> trying. If he don't get it, he put his head down. He's running up the court to play deep. This guy, he has a good motor. He's a good kid, man. So, I don't think Knox has that motor. I think that's the knock on Knox. Uh, but, that doesn't mean he doesn't um work on his game or he's not a hard worker he is you know people talk about that, you know that he's mm-hmm. a hard worker in the off season and and whatever he puts his work in he gets his shots in. It's just that when he's on the court, he just looks slow okay. and not he just looks but but I don't want to hold this against him. Some players are just smooth like that. Like, they just don't look like they moving at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they not giving any effort. They just smooth, you know? Yeah. Knox is, is smooth like that. He not he not going to look like he on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: just not. You know what's crazy? You're right. You're right. It, it Knox pisses me off. Sometimes he looks like he on the court. He look like he don't give a damn. Right, he's sitting there. He's he missed two shots straight. He got his hands on his hips. He's looking down, and it's right. like, Come on, dude. Now, right. Obi Toppin, you know, you see the guy running full sprint, yes, got to yes. up, but yes, you got a guy like you, you got a guy like Alec Burke. I hate Alec Burke. As a matter of fact, let's <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you're not, Alec Alec Burke. Burke what, you're not bringing Alec Burke back. say that again? Bringing Alec Burke back.
0: Alec Burke needs to get sent to Australia. I am done with him. Um, and, and, and this is the reason why I'm done with him. And it and, and it goes to like, it goes back to the one-year vet things, the one-year vet merch, right? I watched, and I know you watched this too. And I, I know I'm not crazy. You call me crazy. If you disagree with me, please tell me you disagree with me. So I won't, I won't feel like a lunatic, what I'm about to say. I literally watched games. Where Obi was sprinting, he's cutting to the basket. After a pick and roll, as soon as they come off the screen, he's shooting it. He ain't looking yeah. for the, he ain't looking for the right. hockey assist. Right. He ain't right. looking to throw an alley. He ain't looking to throw a bounce pass. And that was very aggravating to watch. And, you know, when you're a one-year vet, people got to understand, like, you're human too. Like we're all human. He has a family to feed, so at the end of the day, he could try to. Get, he's trying to get his numbers. Mind you, he gave us a couple. He gave us some great fourth quarter performances. I would never take that from um, Mr. Fourth Quarter Alec Burks. Like I would never take it from him. But it was the fit with him and Obi was just. It was just so terrible. So, and, and, and I know it, um, that point you were talking about with with Obi Toppin was just unplayable. I remember me and Dahar recorded during that time. Obi Toppin went five straight games and scored zero points. I remember that. And I was like, where's Kevin Knox? But can I throw this conspiracy at you, please? And I want you to to answer this. Okay. So I got to bring this up again, you know. Frank Nillikina gets drafted. The president of basketball operations gets fired the very next day. And we all know Scott Perry then want Frank Nillikina to begin with. So, Obi Toppin gets drafted by Leon Rose, CAA. Obi Toppin, it, 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 Leon Rose's uh, son is Obi Toppin's agent, right? Um, when you're a uh, 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 president of basketball operations, you will want to see your investments, be invested in <laughs> right, so right. ob topping and quickly in my mind is just just in my mind i thought they was gonna play regardless of the situation regardless right. of the uh, uh scenario it, and it's just the nick thing to do the knicks always run off politics and i thought a lot of ob minutes was just straight politics had nothing to do with um, him playing good or playing bad at at that time. How how, how do you feel about? Am I crazy for that or?
1: For no, those, no, 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 not at mm-hmm. all. Um, you're not the first person to say that. We we talked about that on Nothing But Nicks Um, as well, a, a few people um brought that up, and you might be right. You know, um, they drafted him. They invested in him. Listen, if it was up to Tibbs, he probably would have had a tight eight man rotation. <laughs> I, the front office probably told him, listen, you gotta play, you gotta play OB and quick. He probably would have had a tight eight-man rotation, right? Right. So, so, right, because there was a period when I said this must be coming from the top. Because you cannot tell me that Tibbs would be playing Obi the way he's playing right now. But if the, the question was posed to him, the question was posed to Tibbs, and he could have been lying. But he said that that um, he gives playing time based on how players are playing in practice. And that, um, out, you know, in practice, you know, he plays very well, and that's why he's getting the opportunity. You know, yeah. take, it, take it for what it's worth. But um, that's what he said. But no, I don't think you are. You know, you're off base. Um, you're off base with that.
0: Tibbs is – I'm sick of Tibbs, man. He lost so damn much, man. I, 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 listen, I've been, I've known that man for a year now. I'm not interested in none of his coach talk next season. Oh, he practices hard. Are you? Did Alfred Payton practice hard when he was, when he was giving token minutes all this time? I need to know. I mean, this just little stuff like that is mind-boggling. Like, everybody – on the planet, even God knew. Um, Emmanuel quickly outplayed Alfred Payne for the minutes, but he still threw Alfred Payne out there. Oh,
1: when he ages... was ready. Listen, you asked your <laughs> to do a lot. If you asking him to start a, a rookie at point guard, now don't give him a heart attack. He ain't doing it. <laughs> I,
0: I know, but it's like, okay, you 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 don't want to start um quickly at point guard. Okay, cool. Can you give me another option? Can
1: you start Alec Burke at point guard? Okay. You know what <laughs> that be as far as the playoffs concerned, I don't think those minutes hurt us though. I don't think those minutes hurt us those five minutes um, he played as much as I thought taking Rose out of the um off the bench hurt us, and not only that, rose was logging so many minutes randomly playing so that mm-hmm. when we got to game five, he could barely go
0: um. You 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 want to know so crazy? I'm a, I'm gonna look at it from a basketball standpoint. Tibbs uh, benching Alfred in the playoffs was stupid in the sense of you messed up the chemistry right. from the starters and the bench. And like, do that in the
1: regular season.
0: Yes, and and, and and he should have been if he knew that he was gonna bench Alfred Payne. Right. I knew once Alfred Payne' mother had shared the tweet about. Trey Young scoring 50 on the Knicks because um, Tom Thibodeau benched her son. I knew he was never going to see the court again. But at the same time, you took Alfred Payton from that starting lineup when RJ and Randall was used to playing slow all season. Mm-hmm. You inject Derrick Rose in the starting lineup, a guy who likes to push the pace playing right. fast. Right. I find it crazy how Derrick Rose was going off in the playoffs. But RJ Barrett was playing terrible. You, right. you, 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 now, because of the point guard switch?
1: I don't know. But it could have you it could have been because think about it. Mm-hmm. The Knicks got to where they got based on defense and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Everybody know where they're getting their shots from. Everybody, you know, everybody know what Randall's gonna do. Randall can make those passes blind because everybody knows where they supposed to be to get the pass. You move that up now, you bringing in Rose, you're not getting the, the ball where you usually get the ball. You know, it's 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 it changed it changed a lot. You know, it changed a lot. I think Tibbs did it because did two in the second half, you know, in that third quarter with Rose starting the third quarter, the offense just Looked so fluid. That's great. And they won that game. No problem. Go back mm-hmm. to the. That's OK. You know, that doesn't mean you have to change the lineup and expect that that's going to happen the next game. Right. Go back to what you was doing, you know, because remember, in those two games, the Knicks was close. They lost by two. They won by two or three was close. Soon as you give up your bench edge, you got blown out the next three games.
0: Oh man, Tibbs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it would be good if, you know, he was the defensive coordinator, so to speak, on that Boston team that went to the that won the championship with Garnett. It yep. would be great if we had an offensive coordinator. Um uh but still at the end of the day though, Tibbs is still gonna be making the call during the game, you know? Yep. So, so I don't know how much that helps. Um I would love
0: Steve Clifford, who recently left the Orlando Magic. I would love for him to join Tibbs on the bench. But I definitely agree. I strongly agree that we need an offensive mind. Yeah. Um, it seemed like after Mike Woodson left, it seemed like the offense was stagnant. Uh, right. it, it it looked worse. I already said we led the league in in ISOs last season, so. Right. I know Randall was calling his own number a lot, and I don't blame Randall when you trying to kick it out to Alfred Payton. That that right. that man, oh my God, that man. Right. So, right. you know, uh, last thing, and you know, I'm gonna try to get you out of here, because I. Oh, I'm good. I'm, good. I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna try to get you out of here, is um, you know, this point guard position. No, I know hmm. we spoke about it a lot, and the, the point guard position and. Three moves you absolutely don't want the Knicks to do this offseason. Now, let me start off with the point guard position first. Okay. If you had a choice out of all the free agent points this offseason, who would be your number one choice for the Knicks and why? And it could be anybody. Kendrick Nunn, Lonzo Ball, Devontae Graham, Kyle Lowry. Uh, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, anybody you want. But if you had to die on the edge of a sword and you wanted the Knicks to get this point guard, who would it be? How much would you pay them, and why? Wow!
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, I like I like two of them. And depending on the direction the Knicks go on, it would go in, would make the difference in which way I go. But if the Knicks are trying to build off of last season, I'm going with Kyle Lowry on a short-term contract, a a two-year contract. I just love his grit. You know, he can hit the three. He could drive to the basket. um, He passes the ball. And he's tough. Yep. And that's what the Knicks is missing in the playoffs. Don't you know, when when Golinari hit Bullock in the back, you step in right then and there. You don't wait till the next play to foul him hard. Yes. When when Herder, I believe it was Herder, um, pulled on Noel's and he could have really hurt him. If that was the '90s Knicks with Oakley and Mace, it's a wrap. There would have been suspensions in that game. You know what I mean? You, you, you have to. And even Noel himself looked at him like, "Don't do that." Oh my God. So yeah, we we definitely need some some toughness. I would take Lowry on a on a on a two year deal, but I like Lonzo man. I I I, 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 I like Lonzo. Um. I like his size. I like his improved three-point shooting, his improved free throw shooting, which lets me know this is somebody who cares. He's working on his game. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like his playmaking. What I would like to see more is him getting downhill and getting to the basket. You know, I don't, I don't really see a lot of that because if he's able to do that, he's drawing in the defense. He's getting our guys, you know, open shots. He could do that in the in the pushing the ball up the court, but I would like to. To the basket more. Um, that's my only thing with Lonzo. So I know you said one, but those two guys depends on what the Knicks are trying to do. I I like both of them. Um, let's
0: let's stay on the Lonzo topic real quick. I, I know I, that's Nick Nation's number one. We gotta get Lonzo or, or, or we bombing Madison Square Garden. I know that Lonzo is number one
1: guy. I don't know <laughs> if I feel that strongly right
0: yeah. <laughs> there so. <laughs> I was listening to Nick's film school earlier, and I was listening to Jonathan Macri, uh the mm-hmm. Nick podcast go. Shout out to you, Jonathan Macri. Love your work. And he said something that was alarming to me when it came to Lonzo Ball, and it's the half-court offense. In Lonzo Ball's last six games, he only scored nine field goals in the half-court in six games. Tibbs' offense Requires a lot of ISOs, and I don't know if Lonzo is at the point where he could get get his own shot yet. Maybe he yeah. could get there, you know. Yeah. And I agree with you; he yeah, does dude. not drive, and yeah. he, he doesn't drive to the basket enough. Right. But Stan Van Gundy got fired, another older coach who was stubborn, right. and he played Lonzo off ball, which was probably great for his development. You know, it's it probably very great for his development. But at the same time, you just take away from Lonzo's natural passing gifts by moving him off ball. And, you know, Lonzo, do he got that dog in him? It, 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 yeah, you know yeah we, need that. we need that. But the one thing I will say about Lonzo is he does have a relationship with Julius Randle. And I remember watching um, Lonzo's show. And I remember when Julius Randle had left, first left the Lakers and Lonzo was talking about it. And he looked genuinely hurt. Like, he looked hurt. Yeah. He lost his yeah. brother. Like, he, he lost his boy. So right. I'm intrigued with Lonzo. Uh, he's, a, he's a good defender. He's 6'6". I think Lonzo and Lonzo and RJ and your starting five provides so much versatility. Yes. Um, so because now you can you could move um RJ to the three and you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be sacrificing a lot because now you got right. RJ and Lonzo on the wings they both right. six right. Now, Lonzo has rapport with Julius Randle. You know they played with each other on the Lakers. So did those two now have played with each other already? Lonzo right. has played with other lob threats, so maybe Lonzo unlocks Mitchell Robinson
1: and Obi. Uh, uh, and
0: Obi. Ooh, boom. Right. I, f- I forgot about Obi. Um, right. What is the contract you would give him, though? You, ne- you, you, you uh, never um, answered that. Never. Yes. Yeah. Real quick, I'm paying the high for Lonzo. If Lonzo wants four years, 100 million, right. I'm giving him four years, 100 million. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. But
1: wow, but I thought you didn't I I thought you wow 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 wow. I thought
0: you didn't like him. I don't. He's not my number one guy. I would want on the Knicks. My the number one point guard I want is Colin Sexton. That that's who I want. I I would like
1: to hear, I would like to hear more about um Colin. Is he a free agent? No, he's not. So, So the reason why I keep saying
0: Colin Sexton is only because you know I'm reading articles, I'm reading the rumors. And it's basically the rumors are saying the Cavaliers don't want to pay Colin Sexton. Um, you, got, you got articles saying how teammates is calling Colin Sexton the ball hog, who averaged 6.6 assists, by the way, when um, Garland went down. But you got those type of articles coming out. You don't slander articles. Right, you know, right, when right, Kev- right. When Kevin Love is the max player on that team, but nobody seems to slander him. So right. when I see stuff like that and I see you know, Cleveland, Will pay Jared Allen, but you don't want to pay a, a guy who's 22 years old who's averaging 24 points per game for six four three. Don't Throw that narrative out there, <laughs> right? But it, right, but right. As far as Lonzo's concerned, I don't like Lonzo on this team um, for for Randall more than I like Colin Sexton for Randall because you know the gravity and Colin Sexton get his own shot. Right, but right. right, right. We're at the point now. That we just made the fourth seed. Um, I want RJ to get better, and I'm willing to just pay a hundred million if it if, if it takes that to get Lonzo on the building to get his long-term point guard. That that's just me. I, I feel like we have to do it. You have 60 million in cash space. You have to do it. But it's
1: right. go ahead. Right. Do you have any concerns? Mm-hmm. um that these young point guards mm-hmm. won't peak within Julius Randle's window if you're saying if if we're saying that he's at least one of the guys we got to go out and get another one do you have any concerns that these guys may not peak during that time
0: i do <laughs> but but this all leads back to me having RJ Barrett on my roster you, you get what I'm saying like I, I'm not really too concerned about the point guard not peaking because at the end of the day, we got RJ Barrett on this roster and and
1: I I just just believe believe he's going to peak Yeah, and he's going to be that that um, three-headed monster with Randall and whoever else we get because we still need somebody else. I don't think RJ is ready to be that um, next season. You could surprise us.
0: I, I kind of disagree. Um, the reason why I disagree is RJ's basically, RJ's playing basketball right now. Matter of fact, he's actually training for uh, team Canada mm-hmm. and, you know, he has not dropped the basketball since uh, when that, when did I season in May and Every player who goes to the Olympics, when they come back that very next season, they put up career highs, and he's going to be around NBA talent all summer. So I think he's going to be an all-star next season. I, I, I think he can reach that level
1: sooner than what we think. Yeah. He might, he might, he might, he might. This is the thing with RJ, though. Mm-hmm. RJ, to me, plays too much within the system. Mm. When you When you got... And 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 players that play within a system can be easily guarded because they're not going to go outside of the system. Even quickly doesn't play within the system. He'll play within the system for a while, but he's going to take the, a shot outside of the system if he got it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's another development to his game that has nothing to do with um, skill level and, and working on his right hand is having enough confidence in yourself that if we need a bucket, you're going to clear out the side and go and get a bucket. You know what I mean? And yes. I, I just don't see that in him right now. He just plays within the confines of the offense. And listen, it's his second you know, year that may have a lot to do with it, but um, he's he going to have to be able to um, take big shots. His, dr- his handle. Got to get his handle up. Handle got to be tighter. No doubt. His handle has to be tighter because when he's on the fast break and he's handling the ball and his decision-making so I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's about to happen right now. <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen right now. No, nah, that, that's true.
0: That That's true. I, listen, the, the Knicks team as a whole on fast breaks last year yes, was, so, yes, was so terrible. Yes. It was an as adventure. A whole.
1: So, d- yeah. RJ, but are- can I ask a question, Lonzo? I was thinking more around eighty, but you bring up a very good point. You bring up a very but this is what I will say: be a half court with Tibbs. Can we play within a half court, or oh, will Tibbs, Tibbs only play in half court because we didn't have a player like Ball? Right? Will he allow him to run a fast break? If we're going to still be a half court team. You know, um, there's concerns there. However, he played off of Ingram and Zion in um, New Orleans as well. He played off of them. Like, they had the balls in their hand, and they would set him up, and they would pass it to him, and he would shoot the three. So he can do it. He can do it. Um, but I hope if we do sign him, the Knicks will, will, will start running more
0: tip it off. You got to adjust, brother. You got to adjust, Tibbs. Yeah. All right. Last thing, and, and, and I'm going I'm to I'm get you
1: out of here.
0: I know you want to enjoy your night. I'm so sorry. But no, it's I, good. I, this, is,
1: this has been fun. I appreciate it. It's fun. It's fun. All, all right. All
0: right. Um, last thing. I need you to tell the people three moves, and they got to be specific. No, in right. general and
1: oh, I need mean, wow. three
0: moves that you absolutely, if you opened your phone and you seen the Knicks did that move, it it's gonna ruin your whole summer.
1: <laughs> right. Three moves that you absolutely don't do this summer. I don't want them to sign Chris Paul. Agreed. Why? Why though? Because the Knicks are not at that point. well, One, because of his age. Um, he's 36. He's injury prone as it is. At some point, there's going to be a drop off. And I would think between 36 and 39, there will probably be a drop off, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: uh, I just don't want to tie up that much money in a player who may not be able to perform up to that contract for those three years. So, um, I, I, I don't want to see um, I don't want to see that oh, Okay. And also I don't think The Knicks are where Phoenix was You know you can't right. Drop Chris Paul on the Orlando Magic And expect him to he gonna take them To a champ you know what I mean <laughs> He gotta be like that last piece And the Knicks have so many Open roster spots with 60% Of their rotation not signed um, I, I don't think The Knicks are a um, Finished team yet? Where you where somebody like Chris Paul would make a difference. Um, see, I I, 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 okay, this is a generality, but I'm not going to say that. Um, I would not, well, you're going to be disappointed in this. Go ahead. I do not want the Knicks to re sign Frank. Um,
2: oh, yeah, (laughs) I would not
1: want to see the Knicks re sign Frank. And the number one reason is I'm really tired of talking about Frank on NBK. We talk about him (laughs) for like 20 minutes for every two minutes he play in the game. You know, like this guy is not even playing and we spending so much time on him. That's my number one reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the other reason is I don't think Tibbs believes in him. Because if mm-hmm. he did, there was plenty of opportunity to play him this season. And if you don't believe in him, we could have another person, young player on that roster that we could be grooming um, in in his in his in his place. Um, and <laughs> the third thing, I think Frank was probably number three. Uh, but then mm-hmm. the other thing I don't want the Knicks to do is, and I would be Burnt. I would be burnt if I learned that the Knicks traded young players and picks for, like, a mediocre player. Like, I'm trying to see, like, who's under contract that I don't think is worth much that everybody might be talking about. Um, I know that's coming to your mind. Not be. I, I know. I know a <laughs> bunch of players. I, okay, give me, give me one. Give me one.
0: So, for me, I don't want the Knicks trading for Damian Lillard. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't want them trading for Zach Levine or summer. Um, I don't. <laughs> I.
1: N- wow. wow. That's okay. We got
0: me stuck too.
1: Yeah, but this is the issue with Dame. I like Dame. Dame is built for New York, but Dame accelerates our window so much because he's 31 already. So you got to basically scorch earth to put a team, a championship team, if you're trying to take advantage of this little tight three- or four-year window, right? Mm That's just too much. It's just too much. The Knicks need too much. And with his salary, they may not even be able to put... A team around him and Randall, so it it's it just doesn't. It's, it's, I don't think that's a good idea.
0: Oh man, the, and it's just Randall, honestly. Because yeah, he, like I love like I like Randall. Randall's cool. He gave me a great season, but I'm I'm I would definitely trade him for the hot.
1: Who would you I'm trade him for?
0: I don't know, because so saying, you, you, you so can't really... You, you believe you, in him that you
1: think the Knicks should trade high this summer. I,
0: I think, l- listen, I'm not calling other teams to just trade him. Right. But if a team called me and they're trying to offer me something that I can't just say no to, then I'm doing it. Yeah, I, no, know, doubt. No, no doubt. No doubt. I'll give you an example. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. The Orlando Magic. Let's mm-hmm. say for some crazy reason, Chicago don't get um, – Chicago pick lands six. Orlando Magic gets the sixth pick, and, you know, they have their own pick. So their own pick falls to ten. So now Orlando got the sixth pick and the tenth pick. They're not going to bring both of those lottery picks on today' roster. You drafted Cole Anthony last year. You got Markel Fultz already under contract. You just signed Jonathan Isaac to a new contract. You traded for Wendell Carter Jr. You're gonna need somebody. You're gonna need somebody in there. So, what if they call and they'd be like, "Listen, man, we'll give you the sixth pick. We'll give you some one of them young players. We'll probably we'll give you Cole Anthony or somebody
1: for Julius Randle. You might have to think about that." Oh, nah, nah. You gotta come higher than that. You gotta come even higher. Than that. So you gotta come even higher than that.
0: So. Boom. Situation. I, 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 this is really on the fly. I've I never really liked yeah, it. I yeah, 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 sat yeah. down and thought about it, but I, I will these next few days for sure. Another team, the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. right? This team drafted a bust at number two with Marvin Bagley. Let's say this year they get the fourth pick in the draft. They got De'Aaron Fox, a max player on the contract. They haven't been to the playoffs in 15 years. Do you think they want to bring in that fourth pick? To, uh, to, you think that would please De'Aaron Fox, their max, um, max player? So would they call the Knicks and say, look, man, we got the fourth pick in the draft. We'll trade you the fourth pick. We'll give you um, a, a, a future pick. We'll give you some young play. We'll give you a young player. Oh, we'll probably give you Marvin Bagley. And you give us Julius Randle. I, listen, I don't know if I would... It depends on who's at four. I don't right. know if I would really do it, but it, it, it's, it, it's hard to gouge Julius Randle's trade value right now. I know his trade value is high, right. but it's high to what team. So I got right. I got to see the NBA. Once we see the NBA lottery, then I will have right. a clear understanding of right. uh, 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 what to do with, with, with Randle
1: this summer. You also think about... What are the Knicks trying to do? What are they timeline? Like if they have a long timeline that they feel like it's okay, if we don't want to chip for another 10 years. I'm good with that. And they don't believe in Randall. Then yes, I would do that type of trade. But if the Knicks are thinking, we try to get a championship in the next six years. And I believe Randall is the guy. then no, you can't. No, you got to put somebody around them. That's why the Knicks have been very, now, this is the new thing with this regime. They've been very quiet. Nothing is coming out. Nothing is leaking out Yeah. in yes. terms of what do you think about Randall? I want to know. I want to know. Do you think he's the guy or did the playoffs give you pause? If you don't think he's the guy, then yes. Yes, trade him. His value is not going to be any higher than it is right now. Trade him.
0: It's crazy because Steve Mills would have leaked some weeks ago.
1: <laughs> right they got it tight <laughs> <laughs> yo i'm glad you brought that up because i'm
0: i'm like damn leon something something right right me? right, right. Can, can you say look you know julius randall um we want him here for the next few years right uh we understand um his his playoff situation, but we would like to re-sign him. They ain't saying Jack nothing. They ain't put up no statement. Right? Right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Because I want to know how do they, you know, how do they feel feel about him? Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I I wonder if they even said anything to him. Did they give him a vote of confidence or did they give him a silent treatment, you know? (laughs) Oh
0: man, it, a lot of a, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Um, Miss uh, Steph, it, it, I gotta say, Miss Stephanie is good. <laughs> Steph, Stephanie or Steph, is good. good. It, it, you know what it is? It's a habit from work, and I, I'm just oh, so okay. used to saying "Ma'am" all day and "Mister" "Miss." Oh Mr. my goodness,
1: <laughs> yo, you, I was at—I don't—I used to—I used to um do some mental health work at Rikers. And, um, like, for me, like, in this community, I'm new to this community, I don't, I'm not really seeing age. Like, I just respect all of y'all opinions. I don't, I don't be like, oh, this young buck or this young, I just, like, wow, I never thought of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I see that people, like, damn, I be like, oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. I not have, I not have an um, women at my job like man you don't call me no man <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> but wow but I, it's, but I, but it's, it's 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 cool if if, if you're comfortable yeah. with that fine but you don't have to <laughs> <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> so um nick nation you know miss queen of the court it, you know we got to we, we Got her to speak a lot of great takes tonight, so I appreciate her coming on the show. I need you to let the people know where they could find you, when the next time you're going to be going live, and um,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can um, they can find me on I, I the Queen's Court Films is live actually. It's a live stream every Friday at five p.m. And that's on the Nothing But Nick's YouTube channel, right? So I do a, a show every every week. If there's any females out there who want to be on a panel, um, drop an a email. Well, they could contact you, right? And you could forward them yes. some email. Um, don't be concerned about, you know, uh, you, you're not sure what to say. It's just your opinion. I know you've got opinions about the Knicks because I see it on Twitter. I know you be talking to other people about it. Share it on the panel. You know, share it on the panel. Another thing that I could do, I do this with Chris who comes on with me sometimes. I'll shoot her the topics ahead of time so she can start gathering her thoughts. So I can do that um, with as well in the emails that want to come on. And then you can follow me on um, Twitter at BKStep33. Um, I'm always posting mostly about the Knicks now. The Knicks is consuming me, right? Like that. <laughs> so most of my tweets are, uh, are about the about the Knicks.
0: Um, Miss Steph, appreciate you coming on the show again. Uh, I appreciate your insight. I appreciate your takes. You know, I finally I got a, a, a woman on the pod. She knows her stuff. I really appreciate your taste, man. I gotta keep telling you that because women they get judged unfairly in, in, in the work field or, or doing podcasts or, or on ESPN or anywhere. Just women is always looked at different. They always looked at like they don't know their stuff. So I really appreciate you um coming on the show and just giving your insight, giving your knowledge and and just giving a vote of confidence for females who's in Absolutely. the dark. Who, who are Nick fans but just don't have the confidence to really come out and speak their opinion. So, you know,
1: thank, go ahead. I was just going to say thank you for, for, for having me on the show, and thank you for doing what you do and for being yourself. That's why I, I like you and by yourself, but you and Eru together. You guys are just straight shooters. You know, I don't know if that's a New York thing, but y'all just you know straight shooters and and i like I like your takes as well, so just keep doing what you do, being who you are, and it's okay to have a take that other people don't agree with so what you know so what that's 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 what this is all about, you know saying saying you know um you know what you feel and 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 what you believe, so keep doing that
0: thank you uh oh, once again oh. I got got to get out of here. These these people calling me crazy. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Nick Nation, man. I love y'all for tuning in. This was a great episode. Went longer than what I expected. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Your boy State, I'm out of here. Episode 147. uh, State of the New York Nick Podcast, man. Peace. uh, And have a blessed night, Nick Nation.